Welcome back to the Wizards of Ecom podcast. This is episode number 250. My name is Carlos Alvarez and I'll be your host for the show. On today's episode, I have uh, Alan uh, Uther, a veteran digital marketer, SEO specialist, and the senior SEO and content manager for LinkedIn. Welcome to the show, Alan. Hey, what's up, man? Thanks for having me. I got the last name right. Yeah, most people say mother, so I respect that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no worries. Yeah, I, I mangled it too in the beginning before we hit record. Alan, we on today's show, you're you're an SEO expert. Like that's unquestionable. I mean, senior SEO and content manager for LinkedIn. You have one of the best. I thought I was doing really good on my Fiverr gigs, and then one day, like we're just showing screens, and I'm like, I'm not worthy. Like you crush it like absolutely crush it on delivering SEO services on Fiverr. Um, you are just a great all around person. You're the, you know, volunteer community manager. We both share that masochistic trait in us. We're volunteer community managers for Fiverr. On today's show, I want to talk about, uh, let, let's just call it some myths surrounding Google SEO. I see that there's a lot of people just offering some advice and services that were maybe relevant 10 years ago, or maybe were never good. Um, but the goal would be so that not to bash other people, but just so that listeners could know like, oh, when they see this thing, be like, oh, Alan, Alan already put me up on this. Um, this is what this means. And this is why this is bad, as well as some, a couple real steps that somebody could take if they were getting started or already established. Um, not to mention in all of this, it's contact you on Fiverr. Uh, to get help is going to be like something we're going to talk about a lot. The, the link to your profile is going to be in the show notes. I'm also going to include it in our Telegram um, freelance superheroes chat. So like people are going to be able to get a hold of you, which is awesome. Uh, that sound like a good idea? Yeah, sounds good. So I think I know that you were not born doing SEO. And I see 15 plus years in that area, sort of like, it seems like when you really came into your own and started doing this full time, what were you doing before you were doing uh, Google SEO? Yeah, so it's a funny story. Um, I was actually in a music group back in the day in college. And, you know, this is MySpace days, right? Where you know, you're promoting your music on, on MySpace and trying to sell music through iTunes and uh, T-shirts through different, you know, MerchNow.com and a few others, right? Um, so on that journey, you know, a lot of it was social media marketing, right? Like, hey, let me comment on people's MySpace timelines or whatever they were called um, to advertise, you know, a T-shirt or a CD, right? Especially during the holidays, that was a very popular time to, to promote music. Uh, people will get the little iTunes gift cards and go out buy buy music on there. Um, but steer like going from that, it was just you know I I did ha have an internship in college uh, at an art company called Bad Shots uh, at Florida State University, so Gold Knowles. Um, and over there, you know, a lot of my job was marketing coordination, so setting up events, helping plan seminars and webinars. Um, and there was this term SEO that I'd never even heard of. And this was granted in 2008, 2009, uh, when I was doing the music stuff and, you know, just really trying to expand my marketing knowledge. And let me tell you what, SEO in those days is not SEO, what it was five years ago, what it was a year ago, what it is today. So 
definitely has evolved, but before, you know, doing all this SEO stuff, it was more traditional marketing and event planning and, and, and social media marketing. What the band, what rock, I'm going to guess. Yeah. So it was actually, uh, electro pop, uh, which if you've heard of some groups like Al city, uh, and that type of, uh, music, I don't know if a lot of people heard of it, but there's a song called fireflies. Uh, which is an Al City song. He actually now is doing a lot of partnerships with like, or collaborations with Armin Van Buren, really good DJ uh, and whatnot. So going into the, the techno-ish scene, but yeah, it was electro pop, which is like basically uh, techno-y music with like really calming pop vocals. Another band that's very similar is to the Postal Service. Um, so def definitely a unique style that, you know, I, I enjoyed making and, you know, I was pretty, I've always been pretty savvy with computer programs, um, you know, Fruity Loops and Cubase and a couple other uh, sort of like sound mixing softwares and whatnot. So um, even back in high school, you know, I was a little kid um, helping my friends produce their music as well and producing my own like rap music in high school. Uh, so it definitely evolved a lot over the years, but um, yeah, it was electro pop was the genre. So, so, so you wanted to get, you wanted to grow awareness of your band. This is like how you first exactly. come into SEO. You're a creator. You like learning new things. It seems like the perfect recipe to tackle something like SEO. You obviously have no idea. I don't think anyone at that point had any idea what SEO was going to become uh, exactly. and how important it was going to be. So at what point were you, did you, were you successful in getting the awareness of your brand? And then when do you get, say your first When's the first time somebody paid you for an mm -hmm. SEO service? Yeah, so, you know, this goes back on the whole uh, Fiverr topic, right? Where I was, I had a pretty established, like, MySpace following, I think, like, 100,000 followers. Uh, Facebook was blowing up. Uh, you know, Twitter was coming around. So um, from that, you know, I, I set up my Fiverr profile, and I was like, hey, like, it'll be a great way to, like, help people uh, promote their content and their brands organically using something like my band's profile page. Right. Um, I was always very like careful though. I didn't want to seem like I was spamming the page. Right. Uh, so if it was a brand or, uh, something that I believed in that I thought would resonate really well with my organic audience on social media, then I would share it right through like a Fiverr order. Um, but that's when I first started making money. And I, I believe it was like, probably one of the first 500 or so people on Fiverr. Uh, this was 2010. Uh, I remember being in a coffee shop in, in Tallahassee up, up north in North Florida uh, and seeing a Yahoo article about it. And I was like, you know, this is kind of weird, like $5 services, you know, it, is this a scam, right? Granted, uh, signed up for the site and started posting these, these organic social media promotions. And from there, it just you know, every day learning something new, right? Reading like uh, Moz was a big one, Search Engine Land, Search Engine Journal, uh, Mashable back in the day used to post a lot of content on SEO and social media marketing. Uh, but in terms of like making money from it, uh, yeah, probably mid 2010 was when it started and through Fiverr. You know, uh, you, you mentioned Yahoo and Fiverr and it was like five bucks and stuff. Nowadays, people are hard pressed to find a a five dollar gig on, on Fiverr um, for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. 
strangely though, you, you have, I mean, you do have some gig. I think all your gigs on Fiverr are extraordinarily priced, but you do have some, I mean, I, I have a screen open here on the side. Uh, like for example, set up Google analytics. And obviously there's a lot of other things that people are going to want to work with you on. So this is like super strategic and awesome, but yep. set up somebody's Google analytics for 15 bucks, you know, on page SEO, off page SEO, 10, $15 respectively. Um, that's, that's a really low barrier for somebody to get an opportunity to work with you. So like uh, on a side conversation one day, I'm going to talk to you and be like, how, how in the heck are you doing <laughs> this, bro? Um, all right. So Fiverr, so F I didn't even know this. So Fiverr is your first foray into like, hey, pay me in exchange for what I've learned. Exactly. So uh, yeah, speaking of the whole gig amounts, right? Uh, in 2010, you know, most of it was just $5. I think there was add-ons that you could do, but most of the gigs on there were, were five bucks. And I remember, don't quote me, but I recall somewhere that Fiverr, basically a lot of their strategy back in the day was like, what can you get done quicker at quality service? So quicker, what can you do for five bucks? That doesn't take a lot of time. So it was more of just like, Hey, this is a value to someone. It's, it, it may, it may not be worth only $5, but that's what it was. You know, that's why it's called Fiverr. So again, uh, I don't remember the exact words that they were using to market this. Um, but that was a whole thing where it's like $5, $5, $5. And I mean, I was getting like, 50 orders a day and being a college student that was pretty helpful right uh, but now current days uh, you know my I actually taught my wife a lot of SEO social media marketing uh, digital marketing throughout the years um, she has she, she actually has a very successful photography business here in Tampa uh, where she does her SEO she does her GMB um, you know she does her Google ads and whatnot which is really awesome but my benefit is that She's actually able to support me uh, on the Fiverr platform, right? If I'm a little bit overwhelmed, um, you know, in the evenings, right? I'm not feeling well. She can come in and definitely help me out, which is nice. Um, so we're kind of like a tag team, right? Uh, which is pretty nice. Um, she actually used to work at an SEO agency as well, where I used to work at. Not on the same team, but, um, you know, that's that was a, a really good experience where she was able to definitely grow her digital marketing skill set as well. Uh, but sticking to the pricing fact, so most of my gigs now, they're actually pro verified, uh, which I believe they said 150 is the minimum amount. Um, but a few of them that I decided to keep at a smaller scale, like the Google analytics one, it honestly does not take a lot of time to set up Google analytics, but I do have gig extras, which are like add-ons that you can do on Fiverr that are like, uh, you know, setting up event tracking, goal tracking, spam referral filters, host name filters, uh, just a bunch of these other like data tracking things that could be set up to have the better experience from the platform. Uh, so 15 bucks is a good like entry path to getting the basics set up. Uh, but obviously, you know, there are add-ons that I think provide a lot of value to, to people yeah, no. for services like that. Of course, of course. Yeah. No, what I, what I was trying to emphasize there is that, you know, nowadays, a lot of people are more like pay me just to get on a phone call with me. Oh, here, yeah. here, you know, 15 bucks gets you a trusted connection through a very trusted platform to begin dialogue and actually get something in exchange for that. So that that's that's huge. That's that's that was one of the super exciting things for me to like when you agreed to, to come on the show. And I'm like, listeners to this are actually going to be able to get, you know, 
get access still affordably, even after these upsells, like still affordably yeah. get high quality SEO questions answered, get things done that should have already been done on their site. So that, that's a huge one. Let's, let's get yeah. into, let, let's get into SEO, right? Like briefly in, in your own words, uh, and then we're going to rapidly move past this. So anyone that's on the yeah. treadmill right now, listening to this, they're like, oh my God, this is not going to be the history <laughs> of SEO. What is, what is SEO in your, in your own words? Yeah. So my 2010 self would definitely be way different than now. Uh, but to be honest, Carlos, I don't really use the word SEO too often recently. Um, I think a lot of people get stuck on this thing like, hey, SEO, like it's just a way to like gamify search engines to rank better, right? And back in the day, the tactics that you could use, you know, I'm not going to go down this this old school SEO rabbit hole, but, you know, it, it definitely made sense. But now a lot of it is more geared around, you know, uh, targeting the proper audience, right? Your content strategy around that. So it's in in a nutshell, when I explain it to people that, have no idea what SEO means. I simply say it's a way to optimize your website in order for it to rank better on Google and other search engines. So that, that's the shortest answer. And now we could probably go into more strategy details, but the term SEO, to be completely honest, I think eventually it'll fade away a little bit just because a lot of what an SEO person does is geared around like understanding the psychology of somebody searching on a search engine the audience that you're targeting, it's, it's a different situation case by case. And, you know, we just can't generalize SEO into one bucket. Um, but yeah, in a nutshell, just definitely a way to help websites uh, rank higher on search engines. Right. Yeah, so the, the structure, if you will, just so that it could get read and interpreted correctly. Exactly. There's, you know, uh, the, I, I, I like splitting it up in a few buckets. The main two ones would be like tech SEO, right? Technical SEO. And then the other one is more about content SEO, right? Uh, in terms of what, what you're mentioning, if it can get read correctly uh, by search engines, I won't get too technical right now, but basically that's called indexed. So when a website can actually be crawled correctly from a search engine and it starts showing up in the rankings, that's called uh, being indexed. Okay. What... Before, before we hit record and we were trying to narrow down uh, a, a topic so that it would be digestible on the show on SEO, um, you had asked me something and, and it still has me saying, wow, that's a phenomenal question. And, and it was, are we going to talk, you know, more about, I think you said like e-commerce SEO versus what was the, what was the, what was the alternative? So it was a mix. So I mentioned like Shopify, for example, for e-com um, and then other like n other non sort of like CMS systems that don't focus so much on e-com, right? Could be like Webflow, uh, WordPress, if you don't have like, you know, e-commerce plugins or functionality set up on there. Uh, a big one, you know, is Squarespace as well. Um, so again, with SEO, you have the two main buckets, which is like the technical and also like sort of like the content. There's a mix of like off-page, which we can get into in a little bit as well. Uh, but sticking to like e-com, it's definitely a different type of beast uh, than your traditional like, you know, 30-page website, right? Do, do you think somebody who, can we, can we, I, I work better with examples. So like, let's, yeah. let's just say that you got super inspired listening to some episodes on this show and you decided, 
I'm just going to random product. I'm thinking because like we're, we're looking at each other on zoom as we record this. I see you have a beard. You decide you're going to launch a beard okay. oil, a, a beard yeah. oil product. Right. And you're all in on this. Let's just assume you have the supplier. You got the best, you know, best pricing in the world. Your packaging's done on the SEO side. Like what would be some of those first things that you would do with, with all the experience you have on the SEO side of things for that product? Yeah. So one thing that, you know, just throwing examples out of, let's say a, a beard wet beard oil website, right? Um, a lot of them, one, don't have the basic things set up, you know, your title tags, right? Your meta descriptions, uh, meta descriptions are, you know, a short snippet of text that you can put as like a call to action. So when somebody's seeing like the beard oil placement on the Google uh, search results, you know, they'll see the description there that makes them want to click through to your page. Um, your H1 tag as well is very important. Um, and then the other things that I don't see too often now are like a short one to two paragraph description of each product. Um, you know, you probably hear this terminology quite often, uh, like content is king, um, which again, goes back to the fact that maybe 10 years ago, you know, you could build, I guess, maybe just an off page strategy, what they call backlinks, right? Uh, and rank really well. But now, uh, you know, I would definitely have like one to two paragraphs for each product, uh, explaining what the product is, explaining the benefits. Uh, if we get a little bit more technical, we could also add like accordion content, which, you know, is a content that you can click and it drops down. And you can actually ask questions and answers on there. So like FAQs, uh, and you could add something called an FAQ markup, schema markup, right? Uh, where you're actually marking up the question, you're marking up the answer, um, and you have a higher potential of ranking in things like the Google feature snippet, which SEO people call it like position zero, which is at the very top of the placements of, of Google search results. The other thing is people also ask, which a lot of people, I don't see leverage this as an SEO opportunity too much, but throw an example out there would be like, know what is what is a benefit of using beard oil right you could ask the question on that product page put an answer and you don't have to clog it up and make it look all messy and that's where you use accordion content where you actually click on it and it drops down but google's still able to crawl that content so i think that's super critical is having your again your basic title tag h1 meta description your schema markup as well faq is a great one that's a little bit newer but could be used um, and also a lot of people may say, oh, well, I don't have time to write title tags for a million beard oils. I get it. You know, it definitely takes a lot of time. Uh, there are ways to, you know, especially for e-com and product sites to templatize it a little bit, but at the same time, you don't want, you don't want to templatize it too much where you get in a situation where you're cannibalizing your pages. Uh, cannibalizing is where you actually have like one page with the same type of content competing with another page and Google and search engines end up picking the one that they think is most relevant, right? Um, so definitely you wanna be pretty unique in, in that basic SEO setup. And, um, you know, we could definitely talk about some advanced uh, options as well. Uh, but personally me, if I had a beard oil website, you know, I would for sure try to take some of that content uh, type of FAQ schema real estate to rank higher in the uh, feature snippets on Google. So th that was, that was freaking amazing. And it wasn't what I expected either. Like with everything that, you know, you immediately went to, you know, a lot of people are just not doing this right. The importance of H1 tags like that really, to me, hammers home, like why that's so important. If, if, if you're starting there, 
I also noticed, like, I, I was also thinking you were going to mention things like Ahrefs and I'm going to go here and I'm going to find out, you know, the keywords that are not ranking as high and I'm going to go after you, you didn't touch on any of that. And I don't know, to me, this has a lot, the, the content and, and the accordion content, I, I'm trying to visualize that. So there's a product detail page, or is this on the homepage? And then mm -hmm. there's an FAQ section where the answers are maybe not visible, but you see this, this drop down thing you can select that will then populate the answer. So it doesn't look like an eyesore, but people can still yeah. get the information they want. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, I want to uh, jump back real quick to one uh, point that you made about Ahrefs, right? Um, so definitely your step number one, if you're not too aware of the industry, you want to do some keyword research, right? You want to see what people are searching for. You want to check the search volumes, uh, you know, wherever you're targeting. So if you're selling beard oil in the United States, check USA search volumes, right? How many times that keyword is being searched for each month? And Speaking of Ahrefs, which is a phenomenal tool, it's one of my, my favorite SEO tools. Uh, that's where you can get ideas too about questions and answers that people are actually searching for and leverage that for your content. So again, I'm not an Ahrefs sales rep or commission or nothing that just throwing that out there, but definitely a valuable tool to use for your keyword research and just getting a plan squared away. The other thing too is if you're, if you're an expert in a certain category, so let's say again, beard oil, which I'm not, but cool idea. Um, you know, a lot of it is understanding your audience and what you think is best. I know they say like, oh, it's not always like how you feel in your gut. Right. But I could say something like, you know, with the holidays coming around, peppermint is huge, right? Peppermint this, peppermint that. So you're thinking in your head, hey, what are people searching for? What would I search for if I'm searching for peppermint beard oil? I guarantee you, you could pull up Ahrefs, SEMrush, Google Keyword Planner, a few other sort of keyword research tools, and peppermint beard oil out of all the different variations would probably have the highest search volume. Uh, just because, again, your audience, if you're that expert, you're your own audience, right? You're the expert in the beard oil. So keyword research, again, super helpful, which again, going back to the fiber conversation, a lot of great sellers have really good keyword research gigs, which again, if you want you know, even if you're a marketing expert, if you want another second look at it, or if you want a data analyst to really dive in a little deeper, super great resource as well uh, for keyword research. Um, going back to the accordion content thing. So, um, you know, for product pages or excuse me, a product, for example, you don't want to have like a ton of content out there because you might start burring or like the CTA, right? To convert for somebody to actually buy that product might be too far down on the page, or, you know, if you have like a heat map installed on the website, um, you know, people are bouncing off the page, they're looking in the wrong spots on the page, and there's just too much clutter going on. But from like an SEO perspective, if you have this accordion thing, which literally, it's a drop down. So if you have your question, or your topic that you want to cover, there, there's a little error on the right side, you drop that thing down, and then you'll see the rest of the content. So it's a, a paragraph or two, however long you want to have it. And then you have your second topic, drop down, third topic, drop down. So for me, I used to actually, um, when I worked at uh, Thrive, which is an agency in Dallas-Fort Worth, um, we actually owned a website called seoblog.com. And that was one of the uh, websites that I fully managed. So I was actually the demand gen lead for, uh, for seoblog.com. And we competed with other websites like uh, UpCity, Clutch, a lot of these other like SEO type directories. And 
one of the things we had to do is basically figure out how we can optimize these category pages. So a category would be like Amazon SEO companies, right? And then a company would usually either pay or organically have a listing spot on the directory. Um, a lot of it was based about like integration of reviews from third-party websites and how the algorithm worked. Um, I'm not too, I'm not too tied up with the SEO uh, blog.com like algorithm, how the web team set it up completely. But I know if you had real quality reviews, it definitely like helped how you were ranking on that site, unless you had a sponsor listing. But apart from the point, it's like, hey, how can we get these uh, category pages to rank a little bit higher? And again, going back to the content is king uh, quote, um, we wanted to have a way where uh, Google and other search engines did a better job at picking up what the page was about. But we, we didn't want to make a messy looking category page for potential uh, you know, companies that were looking for an Amazon SEO company. So we did a little bit of research around it and we were like, hey, like maybe accordion content would actually not only add the opportunity for the content to be crawlable and indexed, but also help answer something that was a pain point for someone. So a pain point would be like, again, going back to understanding your audience, if, you know, maybe a commonly asked question is how much does it cost for Amazon SEO, right? So that's an opportunity where like, hey, I can leverage this for my SEO strategy, my content strategy, but at the same time, I'm answering a problem that that person has that's searching for a solution. So that's where you get the mix where, you know, again, the terminology SEO, it's like, hey, how can I help my website or my product specifically rank higher on these search engines? But at the same time, are you providing helpful content to your user, your audience, which Going back a couple months ago, that was actually one of the Google's updates, a helpful content update uh, was all about like, hey, websites that are answering a question that are actually providing helpful content got a benefit in the rankings and the ones that are not providing valuable content or helpful content actually probably saw a little bit of a decline in their rankings as well. So I, I, I pulled up while we were talking, I pulled up the, it's got four, it's one, I think it's debunk. 14 examples of accordions of accordion content that will blow your mind. So a lot of them are those FAQs. I, I don't know why I, I never looked at them as, as really good for SEO. Um, so good stuff. What, yeah. What are some, what are some, no, no fixed number, just a few that come to mind that you're like, if you see somebody offering this, it's probably BS when it comes to SEO, like things that listeners can be aware of. So I can give you I'm one example. Gonna... I can give you one example. Somebody yeah. who's trying to sell a buddy of mine. He goes, I'll get you, I don't know. It was 150 bucks. There's like 150 bucks. I'll get you a .org backlink or a .edu or something like that. Like what, what are some things that you see that, you know, people should be aware of? Yeah. So I'm not going to name any websites in, in particular on this one, but there are some people that claim they could get somebody ranking number one on Google. Uh, me being a digital marketing slash SEO person for a long time, there is no way you can make promises that you can rank a website number one, honestly. Like out the gate, if I get a new client, uh, rather if it's on Fiverr or somewhere else or even, you know, at work, um, I'm very... I'm very honest in, you know, an SEO strategy works well to increase traffic, you know, look at your year over year lead counts as well. 
uh, look at your year to year revenue as well from organic specifically. But it just blows my mind when I see things like I will rank your website number one on Google as a claim and a statement that some people are making, uh, which blows my mind. I mean, there's there there is no you don't have any sort of control on making a website rank number one specifically. You know, you could help them increase their position from page two to page one. But as an SEO person, like, you know, we look at a lot of year over year data versus like month over month or quarter over quarter, because a lot of it, a lot of these businesses are very seasonal, right? Like, let's say there's a certain period in the summer where there's a slowdown, people are on vacation, they're not online searching so much. It's going to be a little slower. But if you look at the year to year comparison, that's where you want to improve on. But yeah, just to answer your question, Carlos, that whole statement on I will make your website rank number one for me is the most irritating one because it does not show like an honest, you know, opinion or it's not an accurate statement that somebody can literally promise because there is no control on how high Google or other search engines will rank your website. How, what, what about any others? So another one would be, um, you know, these private blog networks is another one uh, where somebody sets up like, 5,000 different blogging websites and they interlink with each other. So you go out there and you buy, you know, like you say backlinks, for example, but there, there are opportunities where there's really good backlinks, uh, which I don't even call it like a backlink strategy, more like digital PR, right? Uh, we're actually, you're actually organically getting really good quality backlinks from really high domain rating or domain authority websites, which is awesome. Usually those happen organically or through like, there's a tool called Haro, which is like help a reporter out and you can actually reply to pitches, right? Where it's like, you know, they're quoting the CEO on a statement you made and adding a backlink to your website. Uh, that's for me, a, a really like, sort of like white hat, clean backlink strategy, right? Um, but yes, private blog networks where you actually, you actually own all of those different blog websites and you're interlinking them with each other and you're selling backlinks on that PBN. Uh, it may have worked 10 years ago, but Google is now way smarter because a lot of these websites they're built, uh, are a lot of these blogs are actually built within the same platform. They may share the same C class, for example, uh, or a very similar IP address. And search engines are not dumb. They know that those links are from a PBN. They're usually not even niche related, uh, which is another thing as well. Um, but yeah, just the whole PBN thing is for me personally, you know, other SEO guys may disagree, but for me, that's sort of like a pet peeve where it's like, ah, man, like that's not a really good strategy. What's, what's some, what's something that you see that the majority of people that start working with you? without even looking at their stuff, maybe there's this one thing and you're like, well, I know this is, I, I know this wasn't done correctly because nobody does this and it should be done. I'm just going to go in there and do yeah. that first. So the number one thing that I see, especially with WordPress sites is in the settings, there's actually an area called reading and there's a little button on there. It says discourage search engines from crawling this website. So what that does is it actually adds like a no index sort of tag in your robots.txt file, uh, which you're basically telling Google and other search engines, hey, don't crawl my website. So 
that's the very first thing I do is a audit the robots.txt file just to be sure that the website um, has no nothing weird in there where you're telling search engines not to crawl it. Uh, that's number one. Two is checking if uh, search and or excuse me, Google Search Console set up. Uh, Google Search Console is obviously a, a Google tool, so it goes kind of hand in hand with analytics. But there's a lot of really cool things on there where it basically tells you if there's any technical errors, if there's any crawlability issues or index issues. Uh, and that's something that if I get a brand new client and you know they have like an SEO package, I just set it up and get it over with. But you know, in terms of you know Fiverr, for example, that's just a really good opportunity where it's like, hey, this is something that it doesn't take a lot of time to do, but it should be your foundation in any new or existing website that you have is, is being sure your website a can be indexed and crawled correctly. Uh, and B, you don't have any sort of like technical uh, or even manual penalties that Google is pushing out and telling you on search calls so that you have these issues. Okay, so so back back to the beard oil. You're launching the beard oil brand. You've identified a lot of content that you want to create. Peppermint beard oil. I don't know, like, but the, you have easily you see a hundred products, hundred different SKUs that can go in your pipeline, and just an infinite amount of content that you've checked Ahrefs and you're like, you know, this 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 niche allows. There's a like a lot of the meat on the bone. Lot of low hanging fruit when it comes to content. What are you picking for your site? WordPress, Shopify. Uh, you mentioned Squarespace earlier. Mm -hmm. Wix. I don't know. Like you know, SEO is going to be important. Yeah. So for a non e commerce website, uh, my favorites are WordPress because there's so many great plugins on there that provide a lot of value as a website owner. Um, lately, I've really been getting into Webflow as well. Um, Webflow is any web, Webflow design website I see is super clean. You're actually able to design something on uh, like Figma or like uh, Photoshop or different like Adobe tools and actually import it into like a Webflow theme, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, and I've ran a lot of different analyses on Webflow built websites and they usually do pretty well with like PageSpeed insights and overall like core web vitals on Google. Um, for e-commerce specifically, I really love Shopify. Um, I think they've they've made it really easy to, um, you know, add the products and set up your basic SEO uh, things on there as well, add content. Um, it's just really great for like, um, order management as well. And granted, I don't sell beard oils. Uh, I don't sell right now any sort of products online, but I do get a lot of clients at our e-commerce clients using Shopify. Um, and it's just at another level for e-commerce in, in, in my opinion, right? Um, but there is an option as well, obviously through WordPress, right? Uh, I believe it's through WooCommerce, uh, which you're actually able to you know, set up your e-com store as well. Uh, but for me, I think from like a user user friendliness type situation, like Shopify definitely is is the winner there for e-com. So, so how would you solve that? Are are you having a content site with WordPress, and then you're having your e-commerce site with Shopify, and you're linking them somehow, or are you just like I'm going to add all my content on Shopify? Like, which one yeah. are you going to go with? So, if my sole focus was selling products. I would just go with Shopify, right? You could still build out your pages, right? You could add your products and you could have a, a really nice looking website. 
Um, if my goal is to sell services or a portfolio type website, I would go with, with Webflow or WordPress. Um, my wife is a photographer, like I mentioned before, um, and Squarespace does a really nice job uh, for sort of like adding images and, and photography or excuse me, photos and uh, makes it very simple for someone, you know, granted my wife does know quite a bit about digital, like I mentioned before, but uh, not so much about like web design and HTML. So they do a really good job with like drag and drop, right? Uh, or, you know, for photographers to add their portfolio, uh, definitely one of my favorites for photography and visuals. Uh, and there's a couple other ones like Wix, for example. They, they actually, I saw recently on LinkedIn that they have sort of like a new advisory board, which I believe the the owner, I think his name's Lauren from Search Engine Land. He's actually on that board. And another person, I forget, I forget her name, but I used to work with her at uh, Sierra Interactive, uh, which is a, a Philly-based uh, agency. Uh, she's actually on the board now as well, which is awesome. Um, but personally, from my Wix usage, like seven, eight years ago, I wasn't a, you know, I wasn't too much of a fan. But recently, through some uh, work that I've been doing. Uh, you know, freelance, right? Um, I, I've see, I see a lot of potential for Wix and Wix SEO as an SEO person um, to do some pretty good damage on there and help websites rank higher uh, using Wix as a CMS. I love it. You've been amazing. I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, I definitely see that uh, you'll be indefinitely invited back to the show. Uh, several different things you mentioned today. I like I'm jotting down over here and I'm just like, I'm like, man, I want to go down this rabbit hole, but this will like, this could totally explode into like many hours. Um, a few things. One, uh, I'm going to link to your, your Fiverr profile in, in the show notes. Uh, but we're not on Fiverr right now. We're, we're on a podcast, like listeners that want to get a hold of you. Do you have a you have a quick way or do you have like a link they go to that forwards your profile? Like what's the best way somebody can reach you? Yeah, I would say um, through LinkedIn um, would probably be the, the best and quickest way to reach me. Uh, like you mentioned, I you know my, my day job is at LinkedIn. So if you reach out to me and you don't hear from me, uh, it's because I'm doing my day job. Uh, but at nighttime, you know, after dinner and all that, uh, I'll reply to your message and help you out if you need, you know, any, if you have any SEO questions, for example, um, happy to answer SEO related uh, questions, but also we didn't cover this topic, Carlos, but um, SEM as well. So potentially for a future podcast. Uh, yeah, that, some... that, it, that is one of the ones I had there, but there was like so many questions that I, <laughs> that I didn't want to. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't want to not ask a bunch of questions. And I'm like, man, if we go down the SEM plat uh, rabbit hole, like this is going to totally double the time. Yeah, and and also with the whole SEO topic, you know, content strategy. Apart from the things that I mentioned for ecom, there's a, a lot of really great topics we could cover uh, in the future as well. Yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll we'll schedule another one so that we can go into SEM. Um, so on LinkedIn, people can you know people listening to this can find you at Alan uh, uh, Muther. Yep. So uh, Alan Muther, I should be probably the only one in the world. Yeah. A, <laughs> a L A N. So one L A L N M U T H E R. So look them up on LinkedIn so that yep. you can uh, reach out to them about any of this, connect with them on Fiverr or work with them in, in, in any other capacity. Alan, favorite book and why? Yeah. So 
to be completely honest, uh, I do a lot of my reading uh, online. So I read a lot of blogs. I, later, I read a lot of articles. But that works. the book, though, that for sure changed my life, and this is 10 plus years ago when I started working professionally, it's called Get That Job, Interview Strategies That Work uh, by Marilyn Pincus. Uh, I actually read this book before any job interview. <laughs> Uh, even in my current role at LinkedIn, uh, I've read this book. Uh, it's, it's a little outdated now, and it's, I think it's only like 5 or $6. But it's just a, like for someone who doesn't read a lot of books, it was a super easy read. It wasn't too long. And it actually gives you uh, a lot of great like interview tips. But the number one thing that I learned from that book is if, if you are in an interview, and again, this has nothing to do with SEO. This is about jobs and interviewing. Uh, is Mention to the person that's interviewing you that you're not interested in that job. You want that job, right? There's a lot of times where people go to interviews, right? And they're, they're you know, kind of interested in the role. You know, it's just another interview that they're having. But if it's a job that you really want, like with me and my current job, I did tell the recruiter, I want this job. I'm not interested in this. I want this job. And I think that shows a lot of confidence and that you're going to put your best foot forward and do a really good job in the role that you're in. Um, and you're just not another candidate that you're just interested in a salary. You actually want a role that you really want. So uh, again, get that job interview strategies that work. Marilyn Pincus. Uh, it's a super old book. I think maybe 15 or 20 years old, uh, I believe. Um, but definitely uh, m my favorite book that I've read over the years. Love it. You know, you, you mentioned, it makes me want to like change this up, this question at the end, like my, my goal for, my goal for ad asking, you know, what is your favorite book and why is to increase my, to grow my reading list. That's like a lazy way to like, <laughs> I bring amazing people on the show, you know, what, what made them so amazing might be these books. And I figure if I, if I read these books that, you know, it'll help me become more amazing, but you mentioned something like you consume a lot of your content digitally online. Mm -hmm. and, you know, blogs and stuff like that. Do you have a favorite blog or newsletter paid or otherwise that maybe is with SEO or, or not that you consume? Yes. Most? So it's historically, it's always been um, search engine land, search engine journal, um, Mashable. They've changed a lot over the years. Not so much, you know, digital heavy, but Mashable was a good one. Um, tech crunch is pretty good with, with some topics, right? Technology. Um, but recently the Google search central blog literally put out by Google, right? For marketers, right? For SEO people, it's called Google search central blog. It's, uh, developers.google.com slash search slash blog. There's actually a section in there called blog, which has all the latest news and best practices for SEO, but the documentation section, right? It actually breaks it down into different pillars, SEO fundamentals, crawling and indexing, search appearance, and site-specific guides, both beginner and advanced SEO. And for me, anytime you know, at work that I get asked a question about a best practice for SEO and why, I actually use this now as a resource, right? It's like, oh, we should do this because this, here's my source directly from the beast Google, right? Uh, but the blog section has really good topics on there, which, you know, again, even 
if it's not so SEO related, just marketing general and digital, they do a pretty good job at keeping that updated. Uh, so I definitely recommend that. Uh, search Engine Land and Search Engine Journal are, for, for me, kind of those daily ones to go to for, for catching up on the latest digital type readings. I love it, man. Thank you so much for your time. You dropped a lot of value. I look forward to having you back on the show soon. Yes, I, thanks for having me. And uh, hope you have a happy Thanksgiving.